Uh, well, this is uh, this is what we really have planned for Father's Day, and just so you don't think that hey, Taylor really wanted to get out of preparation uh, this week. I put in more preparation on this, and I've sweat bullets on this uh, more than I would on a regular message. And um, <clears throat> and just notice that uh, I I'm not having him preach. I had my mother preach, but I'm a little nervous to give him a mic and then just let him go. Uh, you know, on his own. Um, Be here till tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, just, just, do you, guys, do you guys know how Father's Day started? Father's Day started from a church service. It was a Mother's Day service. A Mother's Day service where someone realized I would like to honor my dad. The woman's name was Sonora Dodge. She was lived in Spokane, Washington, and it was 1909. She was in church for a Mother's Day service, and she said, you know what, I'd like to honor my dad. I think we should honor dads. And her dad was a widower. He was a Civil War veteran, and he was raising six children alone on the family farm. And so in 1910, the next year, the mayor of Spokane proclaimed the first Father's Day. But it wasn't until 1966 that Lyndon Johnson made the first presidential proclamation about Father's Day. And it wasn't until 1972 that, that, that Father's Day became a legal holiday here in the States. And, and I think that's, that's amazingly recent, and we don't think of it that way. Um, those of us that have grown up uh, celebrating Father's Day, but that is uh, just a brief history. Uh, but to some in our culture, they would argue that fatherhood is merely, um, a, merely a biological thing, that that's really as, as far as it goes. It's just about biology. And, and I want you to understand today that we're going to be talking about fatherhood a little bit different uh, than that. I think it's interesting that uh, the Bible traces genealogy in Scripture from Adam uh, through Jesus and does so uh, through fathers. Uh, fathers are important to us. Uh, the, 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 the Scripture talks about God as what? Our Heavenly Father. And I, I, I want us to really get a grasp of that today. But the position of fatherhood continues to be degraded in our culture, in our, our government, and certainly in our media. Uh, James Dobson said this, Our very survival as a nation will depend on the presence or absence of masculine leadership in the home. And so we're here today to celebrate and to honor and encourage fathers. And I have, uh, I have my dad and I have my son um, here, one of my sons, uh, helping me do that. Thank you, Benjamin, for being here. Not like you really had a lot of choice, but I appreciate it. Dad, uh, why don't we start with asking you um, about your spiritual upbringing as a child? Oh, thank you. Thank, I already thanked you. My, my upbringing as a child. Your spiritual upbringing, yes. Well, I, I can never remember a time uh, as far back as I can remember that I didn't know Jesus was the Savior. And, um, you know, that sounds pretty simple to a lot of us, but there's a lot of adults right today that have no idea 
that Jesus is the Savior. So I, I am so indebted to my mom uh, for teaching our, our, my, my siblings and myself that Jesus is the Savior and how important the word was uh, in our lives. Even though, you know, even though we have to make our own decision, uh, teaching a child the word of God is, in my mind, one of the, mo the most important thing you can do, along with loving them. You, you mentioned uh, the role that, that Grandma had in your life, uh, Grandma Irene. And, uh, but why don't you share with us a little bit, what was your relationship like with your dad, Grandpa Pete? Oh, uh, well, I can never remember my dad coming right out and saying that he loved me. Um, although there was never any doubt in my mind that he did. His love language was was touching. You know, he would, if I said, Dad, I love you, he would, he would caress my arm, you know. And uh, I, maybe, maybe, well, I know that his dad was not a very good dad. But uh, maybe that's why he couldn't come right out and say it, but I knew he did. So uh, what were some of the things that uh, your dad taught you? What did you see in his life that you picked up that were important to you? He, he, he taught me to work, and I think that's very important. Uh, I tried to teach my boys to work. <laughs> Careful now, you're on a short leash. Yes. Uh, I might get the quick hook here, huh? <laughs> but um, um, one of my boys taught me to work, taught me to work. Uh, I would do his paper route a lot of times. <laughs> you need to identify who that person is or is not, at least. It's no one sitting up here. <laughs> Politically, uh, very well done there. <laughs> no, uh, work, uh, work is uh, vital to uh, a man. And um, I, I can't say that I was a great worker, but I wanted to teach my boys that work was good and by and large I think I have I, it took a while you know for some to <laughs> but I think all all three of you are are good workers I, I can I can speak as one of your sons that uh, that 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 is valuable to me today and that it is a, a very high priority for me in my children to teach them to work and you you had to have done something right because sitting here beside us is part of the fruit of that labor in that you know here we have the the second generation and and he is somebody that that I, I find is a phenomenal worker Benjamin I think that's that's one of your gifts is that you um, really have a tremendous work ethic and and I I certainly appreciate that about you um, the the I don't want to lose this thought here. Um, 
but you said that that grandpa you don't ever recall grandpa telling you that he loved you okay um first of all let me say this i am so glad that um that you have told me time and time and time time every phone call every time we're together you have told me that you love me and and even though you were a, a strong disciplinarian, you <laughs> don't make me tell stories, okay? Um, but but you you all you employed without realizing it your dad's love language, okay? And and I think I would guess that yours is. Uh, um, is words of encouragement as mine is, but but you employed your dad's love language of touch to us. In fact, sometimes it was extremely uncomfortable because it would take place in church, okay? <laughs> and and you would put your arm, and we sat in the front, okay? There was nobody that sat in front of us in church, okay? Uh, and, and, and the lights were not dim, okay? The lights were glaring, okay? <laughs> And and he would sit with his arm around us, okay, on the pew, and he would play with our ears. Ear lobes. Yeah, your ear lobes. That, your lobes are part of your ear. It was the ear. <laughs> and and we, I mean, it was so because uh, we knew every other teenager in the church was behind us, and they were watching us. It was it, it was it was it was it was embarrassing, but but there was no doubt. Okay, it wasn't just the words I love you, but but there was a lot of other things that really told us. But for for the person that maybe their their dad didn't tell them that they love them and maybe there wasn't another demonstration of it. Okay, like you interpreted uh, from your dad, um, they might have picked up some. Uh, some offendedness. They might have picked up some unforgiveness. First of all, did you ever struggle with that? If you did, how did you handle it? And if you didn't, what advice do you have for somebody maybe that, that has struggled with that about their dad? Well, if probably one of the uh, biggest disappointments uh, of, of my dad's um, was that he was not there to watch me participate in activities such as ball games, things like that. Um, but I, I want to clarify a lot because um, back when I was growing up, this has been a long time ago, folks, Parents had about all they could do to food and clothe you. And there wasn't an awful lot of time for, for those things. Um, I can remember when we were on the farm, uh, Sunday afternoon, my dad would go out to the barn and curry the cows. Uh, but, but, he was a worker. He he. Um, uh, I want, and then and I want to I want to 
I want to add this to that. When when uh, Bonnie and I got married, one of the one of the very main things that we decided in our lives, we are going to be involved in our boys' lives. And uh, and by and large, I think we were successful. I, I can agree with that. I, I, I certainly believe that you were. Um, I, I want to encourage today the, 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 the person that's here that says, you know, there's nothing in my relationship with my dad that I can identify with in, in what is between you and I or you and I. Uh, and, and maybe there's a lot of disappointment that they're having um, but as as you as you came to a place of fatherhood, um, did you 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 said you you made a decision? Okay, mm -hmm. you made a choice, mm -hmm. and I want people to understand that they have that same choice available to them today, mm -hmm. that they can choose to do it different than their 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 yeah. dad did. And they don't have to interpret their dad as not loving them just because it, he was different than they think they should be with their kids. And I, I want them to, to walk away here today and to be encouraged. What, what word of encouragement would you have for that person that maybe is struggling with that? Well, um, it, like I said, it was a disappointment to me that my dad was not that involved in my um, in my life that way. But I, I just like you folks to know that any time that I was uh, in, in uh, attendance at maybe Kevin's tennis match or or Mark's Bible quizzing or or team talent, it was a great blessing. I mean, it, it, it really enriched our lives. Well, thank you. I appreciate you making that decision personally uh, very much so. Um, so tell us how you came to know Jesus. Well, as I told you, I always knew Jesus was the Savior. And um, uh, after I was uh, married and had two or three children, or my wife had You can't remember children. how many you had? Pardon? You can't remember how many you had? No, I mean at the time. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I I, um, I was still working nights at General Motors. And uh, this one night, oh, I, I, you you know, if you, before you were saved, the Holy Spirit convicted you every day, didn't he? He sure did me. I knew the truth and I wasn't living it. And and God impressed on me by the Holy Spirit that, see, the, the, the girl I married didn't know anything about salvation. And uh, even though my mom ministered to her a lot and, and uh, she was gaining knowledge. Well, anyway, this one night at work, I, I made this decision. I'm going to serve Jesus from now on. Best decision I ever made. Uh, I I uh, I didn't know what she'd say when I went home, 
But I knew this. I was going to do it anyway. But God impressed on me that I was not raising my little boys to know Jesus. And if they grew up and died in their sins, the Bible says their blood would be on my hands. So that, that was the real telling point for me. I made that decision, and I was determined to stick to it. So I went home, and I shared that with my wife, and her very words were, I want to do that too. <laughs> from, from, from that day till this, uh, Jesus has been number one. So it, it's, it's been a great ride. What, uh, what drew you then to the church? Because you made this commitment to Christ, uh, and yet at that point, the church was, you, you, you maybe attended sometime uh, at times or occasionally, but what really drew you into the church and what changes really took place in our family? Well, fellowship, for one thing, uh, was, was big. Uh, my mom uh, went to a Wesleyan church in the little town where, where I'm from, and so there was a Wesleyan church in Janesville, and so we went there, and and my wife, she said, I don't want to go to the Assembly of God because they're crazy. <laughs> so I, I, I went to the Wesleyan Church. And uh, before we ever left the Wesleyan Church, my wife received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, then she said to our pastor one day, why don't you have us Pentecostals leave? And he said, oh, no, the spirit would leave then. So uh, he knew it was true. Uh, but um, good fellowship. We had great fellowship in the church, and, and uh, uh, we really got good teaching in the church when we moved to the Assembly of God. Was it difficult for you to commit to bringing three little kids to church? <sighs> no, no. Uh, like I said, I made, a, I made a decision. And it was going to be, it was going to be God all the way. I, I remember one time, uh, you might think this is dumb, but Saturday night was my night to uh, polish shoes. We didn't, the boys didn't wear tennis shoes to church because, you know, it's well, none of one of those legalistic things. Um, but we would, I would polish shoes on Saturday night, but this one Sunday morning, one of the boys' shoes couldn't be found. Well, you know, what do you do then? Well, you stay home because he can't find his shoes. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I carried him. And he wasn't as big as me, but. <laughs> we didn't have a second pair of shoes you just could have put in there? Like I say, that's a long time ago. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, we, were in, we were in church when the doors were open. 
I, I remember it, there being challenges to, you know, going to church as a little kid because I remember um, being taken out of the service uh, to the front steps of the church outside and being spanked <laughs> on Sunday morning in the summertime <laughs> with the windows open in the church. So I, I feel like there were some challenges uh, I, I in that whole process. That, you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to remind you of that, <laughs> and I'm saving that for you know some other occasion down the road when I, when I really need it. What what did the church, uh, what did the church offer and provide? for you to support you in that decision and and it doesn't matter which church whether it was the wesleyan church or the assembly of god church but what did the church um offer you to to support and encourage that decision that you made well when you're when you're involved with, with a group of people who are of the same mind uh, it encourages you, like when you go out into the world, like to work. And, and I worked around a lot of ungodly people. Uh, but, and, and you know, I had, I had a real good friend who was, I felt, one of my mentors. And I would watch him at work. And he was a tremendous witness, you know, Fran McCumber. And as as a young guy, I want I wanted to I wanted to copy him, you know, and uh, so it was it, the the camaraderie, the the being of one mind, and with people who were willing to live their life out in the in the world for Jesus. How did serving alongside of those same people in the church, what, what impact did that have on, on your life and on our family? Well, um, I, 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 it, was a, it, was, it seemed to be a natural way to go to, to uh, being involved in a church. And, and I, you know, I was on the board uh, quite, a, quite a bit. And... Uh, you want that church to be healthy, you know, and you want to make uh, good decisions. And, and you know, the Bible says bring up a child in the way he should go or talk about it in the morning when you get up and when you sit down for lunch and when you go to bed. And it, it, keeps, it keeps Jesus on the front burner, you know. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> that I just want to, to share just a thought here that I've had this week in, in preparation for asking you these questions. Um, and that is that um, I, I think people can mistakenly come to a church looking for the church to provide the answer. But what I, I, I think the Lord has really revealed to me this week in, in my preparation is a thought that I've not had before, and that is this, that the church doesn't provide the answer, the church is the answer. And that's very different. When people come in with the perspective 
of looking for the answer, for the church to provide that answer. Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say I was going to give my church the answers to pass along. He said, I'm going to build it. And when you, we want our families to be built, okay, we come in, we come in to be the church, not to get answers from the church. I don't have all the answers. My, the, the pastors that I've served under or that I've, I've been in a church under, they have not had all the answers. But God has provided the direction for us as a family as part of the church. And so I, I want to really thank you, um, you know, for that. Bill Hybels uh, said the local church is the hope of the world. And somebody could say, well, wait, Jesus is the hope of the world. And that's absolutely true, and I fully believe that. But I want you to understand that Jesus left the church for you and I. And he said, I'll build it. And so if we want our families to be built, not just in the here and now in this moment, but in the future for future generations, Friends, let's be the church. Let's not just say, okay, church, give me the answer. Tell me what to do. But dive in wholeheartedly. And that's one thing, Dad, that I have to say that I've seen as an example from your life that has benefited me now for 30 years or more in ministry. And, and I've seen that time and time again. And I, I just want to really thank you uh, for that very much so. I'd, I'd like to add one thing. He never got many whippings. Now let's not let's not let's not invite any uh, bolts of lightning here. Um, uh, do, do you remember? Uh, okay, you open the door here. Uh, uh, Uncle Bob, when you were not in the room, and and for decades, used to say to us, "Whoa." You boys got a lot of weapons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had you saying on one hand we didn't get enough, and Uncle Bob saying we got too many. So that was always interesting. I didn't say we didn't get enough. Oh, oh yeah, you did. Yeah. That, sure. that begs the question that I personally have always been curious of. I think I know the answer, but who got the most? <laughs> well, I would say Kevin got the least. That wasn't my question. But. but but usually, usually, if I if I would if he would do something that I disliked, which was plenty of times, I mean, when I spoke to him, maybe a little harshly, his reaction would be. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I, would, I, would, I'm, I'm not I gonna have to tell him this. I would line him up on the. I'd line him up on the bed. This is my favorite all, story, all by the way. And and of course, Kevin was always first. And this is for a whipping now. Yeah. <laughs> and we're leaned over with our hands on the bed. Yeah. And and I would, I would give Kevin what I thought was, you know, needed. And then there came Dan, and he was, oh, he, he, <laughs> on the backswing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the backswing. And Mark would be, 
crying like crazy <laughs> before I ever got to him. <laughs> and when we stood up, all you could see in their comforter were six grip marks <laughs> in the comforter. I just, I just want everybody to know that. Um, you, you mentioned, um, y you s said something earlier, and I want to just touch on it. Um, uh, going through difficulty as a parent, what was the most difficult thing that you, you went through as a parent? Well, without a doubt, it was when my middle son uh, and then later my younger son, well, my middle son, told Dan, he told us, when he was around 15, 16, uh, he came to us and he said, uh, I don't want to be a Christian like you guys. And <laughs> talk about a heartbreak. But I, I kept my composure and I said, well, Dan, we can't make you become a Christian, live a Christian life. But I said, You'll still go to church with us, just like always. You'll go to youth group on Wednesday night. And you'll go to church with us on Sunday night. And um, and I, I, I would not relent. You know, he wanted to go and do his own thing. But I, I said, that's the way it's going to be. And it wasn't long. It was not long until he, he came back. And he's been a he's been a real blessing to our lives, and and you know Kevin's always been a blessing to our lives, and I'm I'm not saying that because he's sitting here, but I would say he was probably one of the easiest kids to raise. That I, that I know, he he would run home to shovel snow from school, and he would mow the yard when he was real young, and uh, I think he holds that against me, but uh, <laughs> but he he was just easy to raise, and he was a good student, and he was good in in music and sports. His ten, <laughs> he wasn't the wasn't the best athlete in the world, but the <laughs> but his coach would say, "Boy, with Kevin, you really get your money's worth." Because it ta <laughs> it takes him a long time to win the game. <laughs> well, then and then when Mark went out into the world, uh, it was it was tough. It was tough. I had to get the victory over that. But, you know, if you teach your children the word of God, and it's not easy a lot of times to teach your kids the word of God. But I, I was Mark's junior Bible quiz coach, and he probably knew as much Bible as you could imagine. Uh, he actually won the Wisconsin Bible down two years in a row as a ten, uh, 11 and 12 year old yet he still went out into the world and I I had to get the victory over that 
And, and the reason I was able to get the victory over it is because I knew I had raised him. R not, not perfect, but right to know Jesus. And, and God just gave me, a, gave me peace in my heart. He will be back. And he came back even sooner than I thought he would. So I'm so thankful to the word of God for, for that. I, I just want to pause um, because I think that there are, there are some parents in this place that um, that's an area for them that they're, they're maybe really struggling with is that one of their kids or multiple of their kids uh, maybe have gone a different direction um, than they are going in life and the, and the different direction than they were raised and, and they're struggling with discouragement. And so I just, I just want to pray for them. Let's just pray here for a second. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus um, for the families that are here that, um, that are struggling with discouragement because of a, a young person, um, maybe, maybe even a, an adult child um, that's gone in a different direction and they have gone the direction of the world rather than to serve Jesus. And I pray, Father, that that right now <coughs> you would encourage uh, these folks, these parents, and that they would just continue to trust in you. Maybe some of them are, are dealing with um, even some, some, um, some thoughts of condemnation because they feel like Maybe I didn't raise them exactly the way I should, and I pray that they'll have peace today, that you are continuing to move and to speak into the life of their kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Dad wanted me to mention that um, my brother Mark was just certified, um, which is the first level of your uh, credentials for ministry um, this spring. And so it really represents um, in Mark's life just a, a continued statement of God's goodness. And, and Mark has preached here, and, and we know that he loves Jesus and loves his family, and so we're really blessed by that. Um, I, I don't want to leave. Uh, I don't want to leave this guy out that's sitting here. Uh, to I, th this side. I thought you had me up here just as proof tailors can grow hair. <laughs> so I, I'm glad you didn't forget about me. Moving right along. <coughs> uh, what was it like? <laughs> what was it like for you growing up uh, as a pastor's kid? Uh, it was interesting. Um, I always felt, uh, and I, probably not as, as a young child, but the older I got, I always felt like I was held to maybe a little bit different standard. Um, I kind of felt like my life as a child was more under a microscope because there was just all these people who knew who I was, and, and I didn't know who they were, uh, but they, they were aware of me and what was going on in my life and would ask me questions about stuff, and I'd, I'd had no idea who they were. Um, but as I, as I grew up, uh, the older I got, I realized that part of what was happening for me is I was, I was kind of subconsciously holding myself to a different standard. Um, I think I, I was probably a little bit more critical of myself than I thought people, like I thought other people were thinking the same thing of me, but it was really my own. So it, it changed my perspective in certain things. And there were times where I felt like, 
at least our family didn't have any um, any privacy because I didn't get spanked on the front steps of the church, but I did get spanked in the women's bathroom at least one time, <laughs> um, and it's just embarrassing. I mean, and it echoes. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so things are kind of coming full circle, um, and um, and you work with teenagers. Um, you grew up in a pastor's home, and now uh, coming in August, um, you have a little one that's uh, going to be making his grand entrance. Um, so the idea of, of leaving a legacy um, is, is something that's really driving our conversation here today. And what, what, what does that mean, the idea of creating a legacy what does that mean to you personally? Well, it's uh, it, it's something that that I've been I've been thinking about and, and just trying to wrap your head around how how do I do that for for a baby and, and eventually as as he grows and, and our family and and for me it's just a, a desire to to love God and to love others and to to do so in a way that that brings him up in the same manner. Um, the whole time that Grandpa was was speaking and 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 things that you shared, all I could think about was the idea of you're talking about building. You don't build something on accident. You build something intentionally, and uh, being intentional doesn't come without difficulties. It doesn't come without heartache. But to be intentional about the way that I le I live my life, in order to set an example for that little one. And um, and I really, I think working with students and seeing some of the parent dynamics um, that I do, I, I tell my students all the time that they are growing up in, in it's the hardest time to grow up as far as uh, a time to, to be sure about yourself, to, to be sure about your faith, to connect with people in a, in a healthy, holistic way. It's the most complicated time ever because of all the outside forces that they're seeing. But with, with that, being a parent in today's day and age is also, I believe, one of the hardest times to be a parent that we've ever seen. And so with that, I think, comes further complications of, of being intentional. And, and we, we live in a world where, uh, where everything is convenient. Everything is now. Everything happens. And I think intentionality is, is it gets in, it gets it gets head to head with convenience, and and sometimes I think um, I think that there's a there's a trend that it's been happening for a while, but I think sometimes as parents um, we can be tempted to want our kids to like us, to want our kids to be our friend, um, and and with that can be lost the 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 fact that you're the parent, and 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 sometimes it's convenient, it's easier to to do that, and so. Um, I want to approach approach our family and our little one with with intentionality, um, knowing that I will not be perfect. I will screw up all the time, uh, but owning up to those mistakes uh, when when I do, uh, and and showing hopefully authenticity to that little one. And and Dad, you you mentioned uh, earlier about not being perfect, not doing everything right, and and yet. Um, 
you you look at our lives and and I know that you you really thank God for how we turned out and I want to encourage people that that you don't have to be perfect for your kids to turn out well um, and and I think of um, we, we have tons of young families here at Silver Creek tons and and they are they're in the midst of it okay they're in the fire every day you know they're the ones that are like the dad on the screen smelling vomit when you walk in the bedroom or you know dirty diapers or whatever and 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 they're thinking they've got to do it perfect and there's there's so much information out there that's available for them um and and it's it is it's incredibly difficult in this society today and there are challenges that that I did not have to deal with, that my dad did not have, my parents did not have to deal with. And so um, I, I, just, I just want to encourage you that, that you don't have to be perfect. Uh, but everybody does leave a legacy. Everybody does. Dad, you have left a legacy uh, for our family. 53 years uh, being married to our mom. And, and we are, we're thrilled to have Judy in our family now. Uh, but 53 years of being married to mom, uh, an, an incredible example that you have been to us, um, successfully navigating grief, um, really proud of you for that. Um, you, you've done a, a, an amazing job. Your, your sons and their families um, are, are serving the Lord, and we're, we're really grateful you know, for that. But legacies are about decisions. And so when it comes right down to it, what was the most important decision in your life that you can look back on and say, that was the linchpin to everything else? The night, the night that I, uh, at work, that I said, I'm going to live for Jesus. That, that has to be, uh, because everything changed. Everything changed. And I do want to add this. I had a great partner, and she said, I want to do it too. And together. Well, it wasn't me, near, probably near as much as it was her and the both of us together. You know. And I, I know that um, the struggle that you talked about with Dan and Mark and, and how it affected you, I, I got to see it pretty close up yeah. um, and and I want to encourage people that you cannot take all the blame for for your kids decisions just like you can't take all the credit right, right. for how good they're doing do you see what I'm saying you can't we we want to we want when it comes to them doing great we want to take all the credit you know we're just like man you're doing awesome I am such a great parent but when when but we can't do that. We also can't take the blame. And privately, we often take the blame on ourselves. And so I, I want you to, to, to hear what I'm saying today, that, that, that j the same way you can't take all the credit, you, you can't take all the blame. Let me, uh, we're, our time really here is, is about done, but I want to share with you um, just a, a, a quick statistic um, that, I, that I found this week. That was uh, done uh, as a result of, of research, um, and, and it's that if the father is an active believer, there is a 75% likelihood that the children will also become active believers. But if only the mother is a believer, 
the likelihood is dramatically reduced to 15%. And that tells us the importance. And, and our society, our society is, is, is th they are, it's intentional, friends. It, there is an assault on the family, and they have targeted the father because that is, that is the key. That is the key. That statistic that I just read shows you that is the key. If, if, the, if the culture can remove the position and, and the, the um, I want to say authority, but that might be misinterpreted, but the role of the father, if they can remove that, if they can diminish that, if they can break that down, they, they, will, they will win 60% of the battles uh, when it comes to people serving the Lord. I want to close with Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. And this is selected uh, from some of this. Yes. Thank you, Dad. Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the opportunity that we have today to hear from the experience of others. We thank you, Lord, for um, the way you have moved in. I thank you for the way you've moved in my family and, uh, and, and the way that you've used my dad to influence my ministry, to influence my parenting, um, to influence every aspect of my life. And Lord, I pray for those here today that are, that are parents uh, that say, man, I want to influence my family, I pray that they will walk away with a nugget today, and it can start today. Doesn't matter what the past is, they can start today. Father, we commit ourselves to start anew and afresh today. Whatever it's been like in the past, we're starting anew with God's help to, to create a legacy in our families, a spiritual legacy that can live on for generations. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.